one of the things that I love about Australians is that you guys have a uh, a nickname for everything. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes just trying to listen to co- Australian conversations is trying to decode what the nicknames <laughs> are. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life, conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical and joyful. Today's show, we've invited Rich Bud, our USA correspondent, shall I call him back to the show, to talk about some of the more amusing and perhaps uh, trivial uh, differences between the US and Australia. And some of those, we'll sort out some of those memes that our meme lord sometimes throws up, some of the weird things about Australia he can ask us about, and we'll ask him some questions. Welcome, Rich. Thank you. I accept uh, the title of USA correspondent with, <laughs> with great honor. <laughs> I was going to call you Michigan correspondent, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's more impressive or less. Probably less. Let's oh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. <laughs> Mid-North correspondent. There you go. All right. Well, let's start with the big differences. My wife's saying, ask him about the guns, because that's something we really don't get in Australia. I mean, we have, I grew up in a farm, so um, we had, you know, a rifle to, to get rid of pests and things. And I, I learned to shoot and I hunted rabbits and foxes and things. But the US seems to take this to another level. And especially when I was hearing you guys, I really miss the armchair Catholics, but you you talk about hunting season and I'm like, what? Because you're talking about deer, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, guns in general, that's just United States DNA. You know, our right. second, you know, of the of our Bill of Rights, you know, the, the Second Amendment is about the right to bear arms. Right. And that, you know, maybe that's just, uh, you know, comes from our history of being uh you know coming from a revolution and whatnot Mm. the the hunting culture it's it's interesting because it's um depending on what part of the country you are it's stronger than others so i i grew up in michigan but then i lived in washington dc for seven years right um a lot of uh, great hunting around there no and not a lot of great hunters around there either (laughs) um Well, I was just thinking, you know, gun the gun conversation would be different if you're in the suburbs of Chicago, for example, or New York, than it is when you're in Michigan. Yeah, very different things being hunted, for sure. Um, but uh, my first day back in Michigan, when I came home from uh, Washington, was uh, I was returning the moving truck uh, to the to the the uh, the company, and there were people wearing camouflage jackets uh from from hunt from hunting in the woods and i had to think when was the last time i saw somebody wearing one of those uh, so it was, a, it was a good welcome back into the state uh of michigan you know um i think there's uh several different motivations for hunting part of it is just a culture you know there's a bit of sport to it yep. so who who could get the uh for example who can get the deer with the largest uh antlers um, but having done it myself, there's also there there's a certain pride of being able to say you've provided for your family. So right. as we're we're eating dinner that night, I provided that meat. I didn't have to go to the grocery store uh, to buy that. And for our Australian listeners, the deer are not endangered or anything over there. No, in fact, in fact, the government encourages us to hunt because uh, it keeps the population down. Right. Um, it's, it's not uncommon to see 
a carcass on the side of the road because it was hit by a car. Right. Um, so the, the deer are quite plentiful. Right. Uh, we have white-tailed deer here. And so. And you mentioned cooking them up. So that, that yeah. means you've got a culture of dressing them and getting them ready and all that sort of yeah, thing. So the first time I ever got a deer, I had, so I, I had been hunting since I was a teenager, but never uh, had gotten one. Uh, the first time I got a deer, uh, a buddy was supposed to be with me that morning, uh, but he wasn't able to make it. And so I shot this deer and I had to field dress it. That means I had to, you know, um, take out the, the innards. Yep. Uh, and um, I didn't know how. <laughs> <laughs> In one hand, I had my phone with YouTube um, <laughs> explaining how to do it. And the other hand, I had my knife. And see, that's uh, not the image it. of the wild kind of primitive hunter. No, <laughs> no. Well, you know, I didn't. Uh, my 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 dad didn't grow up in a really um, a hunting culture, so he took us out hunting and things like that. But um, he didn't have really that to hand on to me. I find it enjoyable, really. Uh, I'll be honest. For the time to just be spending out in nature, right. um, you know, you get to be in the silence and in the woods and. Uh, and sometimes when you've spent all week in the office, that's a nice thing to do. It is. I have to say that's why my dad used to take me fishing, um, which is, you know, I guess it's just a different form of hunting. But there's still an enjoyment to uh, fishing that changes when you catch a fish. Like people say, oh, it's just about sitting out in nature. No, because I've sat out in nature for many, many <laughs> hours. And then when I don't catch anything, it's not, it feels, there's a different feeling to it when you don't bring home a fish. <laughs> That's true. The hands don't quite shake <laughs> when you when you're trying to aim the gun uh, when when there's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, I will give you that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's probably a part of it is just uh, you know conquering nature and all that kind of you know stuff that's written deep into DNA that you know we. Is there a danger to it, Rich? I mean, my my wife's cousins go hunting wild boar here in Australia. Now, there's a mm -hmm. very, very small minority of people even know we have them, let alone hunt them. Uh, but that's, you know, that's not a small thing. You're, you're using quite a large rifle to get get a, a pig that's, you know, bigger than you. Um, and if you miss it when it's coming at you, that, that's serious. Yeah. Um, well, so there's different, it depends on what you're hunting, of course. Right. Uh, so when I'm hunting a deer, I could be walking, um, I could be sitting on the ground, uh, or I could be... Uh, in a stand up in a tree and so it all depends i mean uh if you're hunting a buck uh, of the male you know you, you might have to be careful about that uh, right. the females not as much but uh there's certain certain things like that that you got to be aware of um you know taking uh just a, a class on how to handle a gun uh and and how to operate it is is a requirement yeah, so, uh, what what stops some other idiot uh, hiding in another tree having a pot shot across you and and doing some damage. Um, that's why I like to pri hunt on private land. <laughs> uh, you know, um, so we have certain laws and I think this is a benefit of hunting culture is that, um, hunters are very, in general, very particular about following the rules. Right. So if you're going to hunt, you have to wear this bright neon orange color so that you can be clearly seen and not mistaken for a deer. <laughs> you know, there's certain ways that you're supposed to carry your gun, even if you're by yourself. Right. Um, so the camouflage like jackets aren't, aren't universal, is what you're saying. 
Well, there, you know, you'll wear the camouflage jacket, but then you wear like an orange vest over top of it. So, which <laughs> I've always thought kind of defeats the purpose of a camouflage. Um, but I guess the deer saying, I see you there, Mr. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. When I did shoot that that deer, there was a uh, um, a smaller one who caught sight of me and was watching me very closely. Um, every time I just made the smallest movements, it would it would turn and look at me. So it knew that I was there, but it didn't quite know what I was doing. Right. Now, cooking uh, cooking brings us to barbecues. Um, Aussies, okay. When Aussies say barbecues, they mean something slightly different. So, so why don't you tell me what a barbecue looks like in the rich household, in the bud household, sorry? Well, yeah, so there's there, there are some people that will really uh, be very particular about the use of their terms uh some people will uh call anything gr- um you know cooked on a grill over an open flame a barbecue but um most of the time uh, people will just call that grilling right uh and then the, a barbecue is i don't actually um i have it's kind of one of those things like you know it when you see it but what's the definition right. it's usually longer it's uh maybe with smoke Right. Um, uh, lower temperatures. It's not directly over the flame. Right. So I guess those would be some of the, the differences. It has changed a little here. Like I, when I was growing up, it meant a flat plate over gas burners and okay. usually sausages were the staple. So you have just standard oh, okay. beef sausages just laid out and you have lots of them to feed everyone. It was a very cheap way of feeding a crowd if you had people around. Sizzling the sausages in their own stuff on the on the plate Usually it would get so hot um, that the thing would burst into flames and half the sausages would be crisped. <laughs> if you're really, you know, swish-o, when I was um, a younger bloke, you'd throw on some onions. Um, okay. And then the, the sure, Americans yeah. would come over and they'd say, oh, where's the shrimp on the barbie? You know, first thing, we, yeah, never yeah. Had, we never had shrimps, okay? We had some prawns. <laughs> it, was a, it was a silly advertisement that makes you all say that. And, um, and the prawns were only for the very, very well-off in, in those days. Okay. Nowadays, when you go to buy uh, what they call a barbecue from Bunnings, which is kind of our big warehouse store for these things, half of the thing will be grill, half of it will be over coals with the grill, and the other half or maybe a tiny little bit will be your hot plate. And uh, okay. I will always go for just the straight hot plate because um, it's, okay. yeah, we, we cook um, like chicken steaks and steaks and onions and um, sausages. I think we would call that a times. griddle. Right. Okay. I think we would call that a griddle. Uh, a barbecue is generally going to be kind of a big pit with charcoal. All right. Um, and maybe some uh, like a Weber. Uh, yeah, maybe some uh, some wet wood, uh, like uh, from apple tree or something like that, to give it a nice smoky flavor. Wow. Um, generally, the things that we would um, barbecue would be. All various elements of the pig, <laughs> um, uh, certain cuts of beef like brisket, but a lot of times like pork belly or things like that. Right. Um, so we uh, have um, when you go to a friend's house for a barbecue um, and they're trying to impress you with how how cultured they are, they might get some special sausages, like they get some gourmet sausages okay. from down the road. They cook up some steaks and they'll do some chicken in marinade or something. But and my mouth's watering just talking about it now. I shouldn't have oh, done yeah. that. <laughs> I want to go out and fire up the grill. <laughs> but um, we, we have this thing we call barbecue sauce, which is basically just yeah. kind of tomato sauce with a bit more smoke, smoky taste mm-hmm. in it. 
Mm-hmm. And the kids will go for tomato, the adults will go for the barbecue sauce, but that's about as exotic as it gets. Some people might throw some mustard on if they're if oh, they're being okay. corrupted by the US programs. <laughs> <laughs> but but generally speaking, that's it. And if you've got a, a you know, if your wife's organizing part of the barbecue, she'll make some salads or something on the side, potato salad or something, mm-hmm. which is just chopped up potatoes in cream and and some cucumbers. So there's there's a kind of a uh, simplicity to it, which which means that it's affordable and easy to do for a larger crowd if you have people around. But um, when I had some US friends over here, they were doing the whole thing you were talking about, this massive spit, we call that a spit mm-hmm. roast or something like that, and pouring sugar onto it, like syrup and, and all kinds of stuff to make it sweet. Well, there's different, there's different barbecue cultures. Right. So there's the Texas barbecue culture, there's the Kansas City, uh, there's Carolina. And depending on where you're at, the flavors tend to differ. So Carolina is more uh, kind of vinegar based where you oh, might wow. find some more, some more mustard and things like that. Texas and um, Kansas City tend to be a little bit more of the sweeter. Right. So I'm guessing your friends were from Texas. And uh, it doesn't always have to be a spit. It could right. be just on, on a grill with, uh, with the smoke coming up. But almost always smoke. It's part of it, you know. Uh, you get that smoky flavor. So smoke. Let's take the smoke thing, and this is to, on slightly left field. But there seems to be a new trend amongst some of the more, uh, I guess, conservative might be a word. I don't like the word because they're not actually conserving much. But conservative end of things where they're fetishizing smoking. Like it seems to be. Mm. Like, all my childhood, they spent time telling us this causes you cancer, and it got progressively <laughs> worse. So that every packet of cigarettes has got this horrendous picture of someone's lung decaying on it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't allow that to happen. In the US. <laughs> I've seen those types of things on Canadian packs of cigarettes. It's, hor- it's horrible, but it does make you think twice before you exactly. pick it up and go. I think I'll take up this habit. <laughs> but it it's seems as if there's the younger people are ignoring it, as they always have, because um, they think they'll live forever. But this, there's the kind of fetishization of pipe smoking in particular, but also cigars and things. Is that mm-hmm. something that's happening over there? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I definitely see that a lot. Um, you know, I enjoy an occasional cigar or an occasional pipe. I smoked a bit more when I was in my 20s. Um, <laughs> but uh, So I still have the pipe sitting around somewhere. But there's certain friends that I'll enjoy a, a cigar with after a, a. In fact, it's funny that we're even having this conversation because uh, a few weeks ago I had a barbecue with some friends and then we spent the night drinking bourbon and smoking a cigar. So, <laughs> <laughs> why? You know, I think you kind of brought up a little bit there with the, the, what are they trying to conserve? Um, I think there's uh, this nostalgic past. Um, that maybe uh, they're trying to hold of, on to. There's a lack of culture. Uh, that's not the right word. There are a lack of individuals who are, who seem cultured, that mm-hmm. seem to have a kind of a, uh, what we have this perception of cultured individuals, and people have pictures of Tolkien and um, and Chesterton and people like that on their walls. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. So they need the tweed and the and the. And the pipe, or whatever it is, maybe some of their wisdom will rub off on me. Well, maybe try reading their (laughs) books a little, you know, (laughs) talking about them. That might work a little better. (laughs) Start with the books, and then you can try a pipe. But I'm not opposed to an occasional pipe or a cigar. Um, But if it if if it it becomes kind of your 
you have to do it every time you socialize. I think maybe uh, it's a bit too much. Now, let's go somewhere. We had Meme Lord on a previous podcast, Bishop Umbers, oh, who, yeah, who puts it. Yeah. But he, one of the memes that keeps coming up here in Australia is, is the Walmart memes. And we don't <laughs> always get what it's about here, but it seems from our perspective that it's just a way of mocking people who either are poorer or perhaps have different standards of dress, shall we say, when they go out. <laughs> Can you fill us in on what the Walmart theme is about? Yeah, I don't know that I, I mean, I could definitely see how it would look like it's, it's uh, poking fun at poor people. It's not, I don't think it's intended to be that. Uh, it is um, intended, I think, to, you know, it's kind of a, a, a culture thing or a class thing. Um, Walmart tends, because they kind of pride themselves on the very lowest prices, um, they tend to um, attract people that are looking for the very lowest prices. And so, you know, people that are... Um, maybe on a lower social class or maybe uh, not as educated or, or things like that. But, you know, that's the idea behind it, right? right? But, I mean, you could go to any store and if you spend long <laughs> enough, you could take pictures uh, of, of people like that. But I just think that, you know, then then it becomes a meme and then people uh, are, are doubling sure. down on, on trying to to snag a good picture or whatnot. I don't know if it's harming their sales, to be honest, looking at the the, the way they do it. If they were worried about it, I think they might do something about it, but they don't seem to be making any attempt to undermine that message. Yeah, I've never seen Walmart uh, any press statements or anything like that where they're upset by it. Um, I would think if it was my company, I would try to be avoiding that reputation. Uh, what can you say? Well, I mean, if people say, you know, that's where people like me go, then hooray. I'll go yeah. there. But yeah. in terms of, I mean, there's there's kind of a, a meme here at least about places like Walmart, Amazon, any big, big, big company that underpays mm -hmm. its workers and then there's the comparison between their CEO and the, and the workers. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. So you've got like, yeah, that's a bit uh, like here um, with Amazon, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos is, is flying to space and uh, – you know, the cost of his trip was the, the entire uh, payroll for the company, right. <laughs> you know, uh, or things like that. But um, well, that, that's a very Catholic concern um, uh, in the in the few companies in the world that seem to have tried to model themselves on Catholic social principles, social doctrine, I should say, have limited the amount that a CEO can get over above the lowest paid mm -hmm. worker. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah, I've mentioned this another time on the show. That's not a bad thing. What about coming back to McDonald's? There's the classic large company that employs people. And ironically, several, you know, almost everyone I know has either worked here as a young child. They either work at McDonald's or they work at the Hungry Jacks, which is our version of Burger King. So, yeah. Firstly, just as a quick colloquialism, we call it Maccas here. So you go down to Maccas. And if you have a, a hungry late in the night, it's called a Mac attack. And you, you do a Macca's run to go and get the, the McDonald's stuff. One of the things that I love about Australians is that you guys have a, uh, a nickname for everything. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes just trying to listen to Australian conversations is trying to decode what the nicknames <laughs> are. <laughs> I think when we first spoke, I said, we'll meet on Tuesday, Arvo. And you went, Arvo? Um, <laughs> afternoon you, know, you just one of the rules is you add a on the end or o on the end there is actually a complex set of it like it's davo 
for David. You, you know, it's the same number of syllables. Okay. It's not a shortening, but sure. Davo, Steve, Stevo, um, okay. you know, or Bazza, get not yeah. Barry Bazza. <laughs> I've not encountered that. <laughs> Although we were mentioning, we were mentioning earlier that uh, we we have started to see more and more Australian culture reaching the U.S. and that my children are uh, particularly enjoying Bluey. Uh, right. When when season when season two made it to the U.S., it was a it was a holiday for our family. <laughs> <laughs> My son really loves it, and what we found is that normally I hate watching children's television because it's so puerile and, and infantile. Yes. But Blue is actually quite well written and very very mm -hmm. clever, and it has some really good messages in it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think the episode where um I can't remember what the name of it is, but the episode where the mum and dad pretend to be at a restaurant that their kids have cooked the food is one of the like it's a romantic evening or something it was one of the funniest <laughs> oh, yeah. pieces yeah. of writing i've heard on any sitcom it was just amazing <laughs> yeah well then you know my children start to use australian words for things and i'm you know doing double takes like wait what what, what was that a, so give a us an dunny? example the dunny <laughs> yeah, okay, the toilet yeah <laughs> Like, one, yeah. my, my son told me he had to go to the dunny today and i said you had to go to the what uh so and then he well, explained it to me we were laughing about this off off air but uh, as i was thinking about it australians have lots of slang for the loo um the, the loo the toilet the dunny the thunderbox um uh, you know the outhouse uh, i think outhouse is a, a u.s thing which we've picked up but there's lots of different uh, nicknames for things, but we, we don't even think of them when we use them, and then we have to translate them. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. As I was as I was bringing this up, I was I was kind of wondering myself, like, what nicknames do we have for things? Because it becomes so a part of your vocabulary that you start to forget that you're actually using a nickname. Don't you call uh, McDonald's Mickey D's? Uh not commonly. I think I think that was something that people said maybe, you know, in the 90s that was probably right. more used, but uh, it's not as much uh, anymore. Um, you know, one of the things that my children started calling each other that is not an American term is they started to accuse each other of being cheeky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that one I, could, I, I enjoy. That's fun. We but, had some uh, Canadian friends who were delighted by the phrase, um, suck it up, buttercup. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like so harden up sometimes. Yeah, get, yeah, get, get with it. You know, there's the, there's there's a when you're dealing with younger children, especially there's you don't want to say that they're bad, naughty doesn't quite cut it when they're just being mischievous, you know. And yep. so the word cheeky really kind of it, it it nails it. It's right there. It's a good word. We often we often use it in a sense of something that's mildly naughty but not really so for example i might just have a cheeky half meaning i'll have mm -hmm. a you know half a beer or something okay uh, okay or i have a cheeky red or something it means i, sure. I probably shouldn't but i you know i'm gay yeah, look okay, at me yeah, being yeah, a bit right. naughty <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's a good word i like it <laughs> the other one that they really like was whinge whinge i don't even know what that is right, oh is that an australian word Okay. Yeah, to whinge is kind of like having a whine, but it's like to to complain about something in an annoying kind of yeah fashion. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. to have a yeah. whinge, whining, and okay. it's the actual indulging of oneself in a complaint, you know, in a way that's like a bit too much, really. And um, you, you you might go to your friend's house and say, "Look, I just wanted to have a whinge," and it means okay. you just want to get it off your chest. 
and then go home. Just, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, that's some good self-awareness. <laughs> Most of the time when I do that, I just kind of fall into it. <laughs> well, and what's interesting is there's a big difference between a whinger and a whiner. A okay. whinger is someone who, who you know, just overstates things a little bit sometimes, but a whiner is someone that's annoying and is constantly okay. unnecessarily um, going over the top with their complaints. Yeah, it's I really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having a wine is different from having a wind, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, the differences, I think, are in, in names that we shouldn't be calling people on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Aussies, Aussies have a much, much more relaxed attitude towards um, cussing, as I think you call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's words we wouldn't consider that way. Uh, we're not, yeah, we try to avoid cussing on the podcast. <laughs> we don't we have can. to say the words. We can talk, we can talk about uh, uh, attitudes towards it. it. In Australia, it really depends who you're talking to because in some cultures, uh, if you're not cussing, they they just think you're you're trying to put on airs. So mm -hmm. I have I when I was counselling, I had a truckie come in and if I didn't cuss, he didn't take me seriously. And in fact, he told me I didn't take you seriously until you said that word. Was a truckie um, a truck driver? Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> there's okay. some Aussie slang. So yeah, <laughs> a truckie is a truck driver. Um, uh, although you can drive a truck without being a truckie. So a truckie is someone who does it for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're also, by the way, bikies are motorbike riders. See, that, that's the so, thing in America. If you were to call somebody that rode a motorcycle a bikey. He would think that that it would be like it'd be like a diminutive uh, insult. <laughs> like you, you see, so we would call them bikers. Yeah. Uh, see, so in the in the UK, they they laugh at us because they say it's really hard to take them seriously when Australian news talks about bikey gangs. <laughs> that sounds to me like a bunch of five year olds on their tricycle. <laughs> Just, I'll give you a tip. If you come out here, don't say that to a bikey gang. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not. But that's just funny. That the, the ending "ie" always seems to to point to something that's small. Well, we could go on forever, but we can't <laughs> because we'll have to have you back and have something else to talk about next time. But that's it for this week's podcast. If today's discussion got you arguing with us and all of the things that you think we should have said about the peculiar phrases in Australia. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Discord. Write us a review on iTunes, or send us an email at info at thiscatholiclife.com.au. This is a uniquely Australian Catholic podcast. When we compare with the US, it becomes even more unique. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week, but that's all for now. Thank you for listening to This Catholic Life. Mm -hmm.